continuing in our study in the book of Acts, if you would read along with me in Acts chapter 1 and verse 20, Peter giving this address, this early address to the early church concerning Judas and his his um, his office, and that he that that his office uh, that another uh, would take. And we covered Judas at another time. It says, he continues in that address, For it is written in the book of the Psalms, Let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric or office let another take. Wherefore of these men, which have companied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, remember last time we studied apostleship and what that would have meant. Wherefore of these men, which have companied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John unto the same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And they appointed two. Who's they? Who's they? The church. The church. Good. They appointed two. Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place, that Judas might go to his own place, not the the person who would be named an apostle, that Judas would go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, not a vote, not a vote, being directed to the Holy Spirit, they gave forth their lots, and providentially the lot fell upon, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. We, we looked at this a few times from a, different, a few different angles. We're going to be looking at the subject today, an unsung hero, an unsung hero. Brother Adam taught on this, you might remember, a conference a few years ago, and it, and it stuck, at least it did to me. A stock, an unsung hero. What is an unsung hero? A person who achieved great things or committed acts of bravery or self-sacrifice, yet is not celebrated or recognized, not for fortune and glory. An unsung hero. I believe we can look to, in the Word of God, we can look at Joseph called Barsabbas, who was justice, and see, at least in part, how, how the children of God can behave or should behave in the house of God. And that a lot of trouble in churches come because there are no unsung heroes. Yet rather, men would rather be celebrated and they would rather have achievements and they would rather have followings. But but this man, we'll look at it closer and I believe after just hearing the introduction, you can see what, what great disaster could have gone on in this church should this man not been a hero of the early church? You see, there was a problem initially. And, and that problem was these, these men, they appointed two, right? And they were depending on God, but they, they had a bit of a situation here. We've narrowed it down to two, but we don't have one. So what happens? What happens in any contest, right? It, it, and what happens when there, there's two, two men? Well, there's potential conflict, isn't there? Well, this one, he's a little bit taller. This one, he, he's, a, he's a little bit more eloquent. This one, he's a real people person. This one, I really get him. And of 120, don't you think that there could have been factions starting, even with the mention of, hey, we need to find some men in this group. Don't you think the wheels just start turning? What about me? 
How about all these mamas in there? What about my boy? Right? So the potential conflict was in the room, and, and, and these people were just moments away from staring at Jesus Christ go in. Were they thinking about how he was declaring his gospel, and moments later they were debating who the greatest among them was? Were, were those kind of thoughts coming back into their minds? Could be. They're human beings. Would you think about that? Would I think about that? I've heard preachers in these... In, in, in a, in these side conversations, debating on the on the rank of of, of of preachers of our day, you ever heard conversations like that before? Who who is the greatest preacher of of our day? Men. So, think of the potential conflict in that room. The potential leanings and preferences, right? I mean, we're. We all love one another in this group, but still when we break, don't we even have our own little? And we don't mean to. It's not ill-meaning, but there are some that we're just drawn to more. We, we, we go our different directions, right? There's, there's potential there for factions. Imagine how a person of ill will could have factioned this assembly and destroyed it if that would have been his cause. I don't believe that was his cause at all. There's no indication at all for that. It's difficult for men to settle things in the flesh. It really, it really is. For a time, I was when I over in Denham Springs. There was a time where I, we were rotating in the, in the Sunday school lessons, and I wanted and I wanted to stop because I could feel a, a tension building. And maybe I was the only one. Maybe so. I don't know. I didn't talk to everybody about it, but that tension was building. That's what happens. What if he would have been desi- what if he would have desired to be celebrated and recognized and esteemed? What if, what if he what if he thought oh you know because you know it it's an honor to be a president forty some presidents in our in our in our in our history the 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 number of apostles that there have been worldwide is just a speck of a speck of a speck of the number of people that have ever lived. Think of the honor it would have been. Wouldn't somebody want to lean into that? Sure they were. Their names are interesting. You can look at the, all we know about these men is their names. Some people have names that, that fit them just right. Other people, you're like, well, that's a strange name for that person. It doesn't fit them at all. We know that these people are reputable, right? Because you look again in verses 21 and 22. Wherefore are these men which have accompanied with us all, stop there, accompanied with us. We, we, I mean, I don't follow y'all home, you know, and I don't, and I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't do private eye investigation on you, but I got a good idea who you people are, and I think you got a good idea who I am. These people spent such time with one another, they had a good understanding of who these men were. They didn't start an investigation work here. They, they knew who these two men were, and it seemed like that they lived up to their names. They accompanied with them. They accompanied with them. But also, all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, meaning they heard Christ's teaching, they were attentive to it, they, they literally waited on the Lord. From the baptism, it says, from the beginning. They were there from the beginning. But also, please don't miss that it says, went out among us from the beginning of the baptism of John unto the same day that he was taken up from us. What's in there? Why didn't he say the death, burial, and resurrection? Why did he say the ascension? 
you, yes, that crucifixion, when they, when they saw him die, think of that time of doubt. That might have been the scariest three days of the church's history is our hope was gone and we don't know what to do. Think of what happened in John 6 when the Lord turning to him, he says, will you go also? Peter says, where are we going to go? These, these men, seeing their Savior die, had nowhere else to go. They didn't break off. They had nowhere else to go. They hoped against hope in Christ. These guys were solid. Brother Mike and I were talking, what, what are you doing in the dark? What are you doing alone? What, what are you doing? Nothing makes sense. Well, they were looking for guys who would be there. So we know that both of these people were the type that could be could be relied upon. Look over in Mark chapter 16, if you, if you would please. In Mark chapter 16, speaking on that very idea. Mark chapter 16 and verses 9 through 13. Now, when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. I believe that by necessity, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was called Justice, and Matthias were there. And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, believed not. But where were they? Right? They didn't go out into the world. They were still accompanying with those who called themselves believers. And after that, he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went in the country. And they went and told it unto the residue, the ones that had not scattered, the leftovers, that handful of men who hoped against hope in Christ. Neither believed they. In the dark, they were still there. You know, they it says they believed not, but why were they there? They were hope. I believe they were hoping against hope. These are the type of men we're talking about. They company and walk with with the church as well through trials, through circumstances. You get to know who people are. Hey, it, it's easy for us to say, it's easy for us to say we trust Christ. But what if after watching Christ die, we say we trust Him? And we're going to do the things he told us to do against death, right? You cut off the head, the body will die. What happened to the body? They, they continued on, right? These are the types of people we're talking about. Both of these men, by, by the 120 that were there, would be found worthy to this cause. There was no doubt about it. There was nobody saying, no, you know, Matthias, he's no good, or, or Justice, no, nah, no, not him. Both of these men were verified. Joseph... Barsabbas called Justice. The name Joseph means Jehovah shall add. Jehovah shall add. That's an old Hebrew name. Jehovah shall add. Barsabbas, the son of Sabbath, Sabbath means to be desired or inclined, to be willing or or pleased, to to be to to will without hindrance. They want. He wanted to be there. And there was a world of opportunity for him to be hindered, but he wasn't hindered because he continued from the baptism of John until the ascension, which was at this time just a little while ago, just a few minutes ago. Relative. Justice. Just is what his name means. So this without hindrance, willing man who depends on Jehovah adding 
And his justness was one candidate. It seems like he has by name just a just a pretty great resume, right? And this other man, Matthias, means gift of God or gift of Jehovah. Which it, it, he doesn't have the same accolades. We don't. We know less about him by name, but we still know that that he, based on what they're looking for for this office, that he was a Christ-centered man who 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 heavily and fully depended on Christ for his salvation. So now you see how this could be an issue. You know, now we can start having preferences. Well, this guy, he's got more names that say he's what we need, but this guy, in his simplicity, maybe he's what we need, and and everybody's got their ideas, maybe, of what they need. So what do we do? Turn to the Lord. That's what they did. But you see how there's a potential issue. The, The problems that churches have is they're full of, Sinners, right? It's not it's not because God has misspoken and if we follow him we end up in some kind of snare. It's that men in churches have their own agenda and rather than, than being a true hero of the Lord, they they attempt to have heroism, heroism marked under themselves and they prefer themselves. That's not going on here at all. Unsung hero. The potential issue here, what happens in churches today? People get offended when they don't get their way. They don't get their want, right? You know, there's a there's a, a, a Silsby A and a Silsby B. We're going we're gonna to go across the street because I didn't get what I wanted. It happens. Brother DeWitt, does that happen? Absolutely. It happens. Does the Holy Spirit divide churches over issues? I don't believe the Holy Spirit divides anything. Not in his assembly, no. I, I believe the Spirit unifies his, his people. He unifies his people. It's what Paul wrote to the Ephesians that they were to dwell in the unity of the Spirit. People taking sides and driving wedges. Is that a godly thing? No, it's not a godly thing. Look, if you would, please. And, and you, Sometimes it comes with a sledgehammer and sometimes it comes with time and subtlety and manipulation. Now, the book of Proverbs... Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 27. An ungodly man diggeth up evil. So if, oh, you know, I've known churches where parts of those membership, they'll, they'll do this and they'll do this and they... If you stare at me long enough, you're going to see warts and wrinkles and, you know, might catch a whiff of some smell. and You'll find things you don't like about me, and it's not hard to do. An ungodly man diggeth up evil. It's called electioneering. Strife in the New Testament is the word, and we'll look at that in Galatians in just a few minutes. Well, in addition to why you should choose me, Joseph Barsab is called justice. This is why you should not choose Matthias. Isn't that what happens every election cycle? This is why you choose me, but this is why you don't choose him or her. An ungodly man does that. In his lips, there is a burning fire. A burning fire. Well, you've been told since you were children not to play with fire, right? But don't people like to play with fire and hear what that ungodly man has to say and hear what that gossip of evil is that's how that's how people are romans chapter 16 if you would along the same lines romans chapter 16 and verse 9 excuse me romans chapter 16 and verse 17 
Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions. Did Joseph, Barsabbas, who was called justice, did, do, do we find in the scripture that he caused division? Did, did, he, did he make a play here at all? It doesn't say that he does. I, don't believe he, I do not believe he did. And offense is contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them. For they, for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. We know the outcome. We know Matthias was numbered among the eleven. Barsabbas called Justice, Bar, Joseph Barsabbas, who was called Justice, if he were to make a play for this last spot of apostleship, then it would not have been a godly thing at all for him to do. For following God and, and under, under the authority of that church, Matthias was chosen. To make his play, he'd be serving his own belly. And by good words and fair speeches, deceive the hearts of the simple. So either before this, you know, okay, let, you know, we're going to take a vote, but let's take a break first. Anybody, you know, and in that break, so then building a constituency, as the spirit directed in that lot, you see how it could have been a powder keg, a bomb going off. If he were that man, and he was not that man, he was an unsung hero. I really, I really believe that. In Galatians chapter five, the word strife is used. That literally means electioneering or intriguing for office, putting oneself forward. There is no strife in Acts chapter one. They were all together in unity, in one accord. Right? It's what it says. They're in one accord. This was the first opportunity for that accord to blow up. How many families have been destroyed because someone prefers themselves? That strife, electioneering, rather than a husband and wife addressing a problem, they consider the other the problem and set out to destroy that. Many churches have been plundered, the candlestick lost, because of this very issue. I, um, as an unsaved man, I would hear of different things going on in different churches, and that's part of the bitterness I had. If y'all say you got the truth, and y'all are supposed to be some of the loving people, most loving people in the world, then why are there divisions among you? Why, 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 is, why are these things going on? Because men don't know how to submit to the Lord's church or the Lord through His church, they don't. It's not. It's not. It's not a welcome thing in many hearts. It's not expected in many churches. You say the Sabbath day journey. You go back and look, and they were. It was a Sabbath day journey from the mount from the from the Mount of Olives to where they were. Sabbath day journey. That's that's about two thirds of a mile. And it was the same day. So what if after services were over today and, 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 and we just have wonderful fellowship with the DeWitts and we all hug each other and say how much we love each other. We walk two-thirds of a mile and however long that takes us, they all get situated over there and then we have a fallout split. That's how near, that's how near this type of stuff is. Why? Because we're dealing with people. That's the potential, Willis. That's the, that's the potential. 
What, what overcomes that potential? Trusting the Lord and doing what He said. If we're all walking in the same direction and believing the same thing and following the same Lord with the same goal, like-minded, in unity, we're not going to have splinters. We're not going to have factions. We're just not. Will I identify more with Lex than maybe some other people? Well, yeah, he's, he's my clone. I'm going to identify with him. Can't help that. But we're not going to set out to destroy someone else. A Sabbath day's journey. I expect Satan would have loved to have seen this church, that church in Jerusalem dissolve. Don't you think he would have loved that? Certainly he would. Don't you think he loves it today? Don't you think he loves blowing up families, blowing up relationships, separating brothers, dividing churches? One church I know of, there was a there was a man that he made a they'd written out some bylaws and doing that that's their business, but they'd made up some bylaws. The man, the one man made a vote to accept the bylaws, another man made a vote to second the bylaws, and then the, the bylaws passed 100% unanimous. Then a few years later, when they had to reinforce or enforce those bylaws, by the word of God, every one of them had scripture next to it. They weren't making anything up. They had to enforce those bylaws. They had to stand on what they believed. So the man who made the second desired to cause division, or the man that made the, 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 the motion desired to cause division, the man that made the second supported him. And that church no longer exists today. And the issue, the person, the, per, the sinner person in that didn't care a thing about the assembly and had forsaken it a long time before that anyways. You tell me how godly any of that is. Instead of men reasoning in the scriptures and submitting, being heroes of God by simply being, being faithful children of God in his assembly. This is the only place these men, men are mentioned. In the Word of God, you see how you see how they could have been very destructive, though. To antagonize sinners against one another—that's that's what an ungodly person do. To detract or to, to diminish the worth or value of their purpose. What was their purpose? Go back to chapter one and verse six. When therefore they were come together, they asked him, Christ, saying, "Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel?" And he said unto them. It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power. The apostles? No, the church. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. They were already saved. They were already a church. Ye shall be witnesses. Who? Just the apostles alone? No, the church. Ye shall be witnesses unto me, both, to me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and unto all the uttermost part of the earth. And a few minutes later... What would have, how would that have detracted or diminished that purpose if they would have forsaken that purpose for self-interest? Again, it happens today. It happens often. To detract from their unity, chapter 1, verse 13. They're, they're, they, they had a purpose. They were unified in that purpose. Chapter 1, verse 13. And when they were come in, who? The apostles? Yes, he names them. But it names the church as well. When they were all come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotes, and Judas, the brother of James. It says they went in where they were, so it must have been others who were not them joined them there, Amen. deductively. 
These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brethren. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of his disciples and said, the number of names being together were about 120. So we're not 120, but I sure love a unified body. To have disunity is miserable. I'm sure having 120 unified would have been just a joy. Can you imagine what it would have been to have dissenters in that 120? That would have likewise been miserable. Just miserable to be in the room. It would have detracted from their unity, their purpose. It would detract from their individual heartedness, from their, from their liberty of conscience. It would have caused doubters. Yes, those men that had walked. Well, why are we walking if we're going to be fussing now? Is this... Wouldn't that have detracted from that? Sure it would. How quickly the flesh enters in. But the power of unity. God himself, speaking of unregenerate men, what did he say concerning them at Babel? They're working together. Nothing, paraphrasing, nothing will be held from them working together. Now imagine the brethren. Psalm 133. Psalm 133. This is one of the first lessons I heard Brother White teach when we came over. Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. Oh, man. As pleasant as it is, it it can feel as unpleasant. But this pleasantness, the the room in Acts chapter 1, while while these decisions were being made depending on the Holy Spirit and and God's leadership in everything, you can can smell the unity in the room. You can can smell the accord. You can smell uh, just the love and fondness toward one another. In Hebrews chapter 13, Hebrews chapter 13, please look in, in verse 1. Hebrews 13 and verse 1 says, Let brotherly love continue. You can't continue something that isn't ongoing already, right? Lex can't continue speaking if he's over there silent. They, They brotherly love was there, unity, love toward one another. Did they have differences? They were human beings. But love. Godly love, they continued in that. I believe that this one accord, unified love, they continued in that. In Second John, we've been studying how that, that, that love of man toward God is expressed in obedience. And every one of these people in that room, still as a young church relatively, they, they, they desire to be obedient unto God. Well, if I'm obedient unto God, I can't be a self-server. That's evident in this unsung hero. In Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. And verse 8. Romans chapter 13 and verse 8 says, Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. We got some, some law keepers in Acts chapter 1. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill will to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. This unsung hero loved to fulfill the law. 
and desiring to seek an office and push his agenda, he would have by necessity had to display ill will toward Matthias, but he didn't do that. I mean, I could, I could, I could give you not a, not a not an exhaustive list, but a, a fair enough list, and it might nauseate you to to hear some of the things that have gone on by men working ill will toward their neighbor to promote themselves so that they can be somebody in one of the Lord's assemblies and to have terrible consequences. That's not the fulfilling of the law, is it? And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Do you believe that the coming of the Lord, the imminent return of Jesus Christ, the rapture, is closer than when you first believed? Well, that's, again, that's just, it has to be deductively. Well, how urgently then should we continue as they continue, not with an agenda of self, but an agenda of Christ. To live as Christ, to die as gain. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. What are the works of darkness? I will be like God. I will promote myself. I will be like the Most High. That's the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife, electioneering, and envy. Paul is writing to save people. He's not writing to unsave people. He's writing to save people that these things not happen among us. These are the works of the flesh, meaning we're we're born with them. They're, They're innate to the flesh. We must quickly identify them, leaning unto the Lord that they would be quenched by the Spirit. Not not the spirit quenched, but quenched, put out, put down, put away by the spirit. There is no ill will, strife, envy, or bitterness at all in Acts chapter 1. None. This unsung hero, Joseph Barsabbas, called Justice, he submitted to God's word, chapter 1, for it is written in the book of the Psalms. He submitted to God's word. Hey, you want to you want to be a hero in the Lord? You want to hero be a hero unto the Lord and in His assembly? Submit to God's word, whatever it says. Well, I don't like that. Nobody asks you. Submit to God's word. You want to be a hero, a true hero? Nobody might know. We know His name, names three, because we're told. But how many other men might have been sitting in the background saying, why are those two? I, I, walked, I, I, was, I was with those three all along the way. No, those men kept quiet too, didn't they? They all submitted to God's word. It was written in the Psalms, this is going to happen and this is what we must do. Everyone submitted to God's word. We just submit to God's word. It could be that we're everyone as a group wrong on something and we everyone as a group repent have to repent and submit to God's word, and that's okay. Submitting to God's word, that's what they did. That's what, that's what the heroes in the word of God did, submitted to God's word. That The heroes of faith in Hebrews 11, what did they do? They trusted the Lord and did what he said. They submitted to God's will, chapter 1, verses 24 through 26. 
And they prayed and said, what? they prayed to who? They prayed to what? What is prayer? They sought the Lord, didn't they? they? They submitted to God's will. They prayed and said, Thou Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two men thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry by the word of God that must happen and apostleship, from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lives. They depended on, on God's will. Lord, we don't know. You know. And because we believe you, we're going to do what you say. They, they depended on God's will. This is, this, is not a, this is not a vote saying, okay, people, what's your will? They sought God's will in casting lots. And it's totally they were totally okay with God's providence. No matter who it was, that's who it was. They submitted to God's work. Again, you have the church there, verses 14 through 17. Verse 26, and they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias. The, 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 the Lord separated Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven. So the Lord separated them, but the church exercised their authority under God's will and numbered Matthias among the eleven. So all the people in the room submitted to God through his church, didn't they? They submitted to God's Work. They also submitted to one another. They preferred one another. Yeah. Matthias, he might have, I mean, deep down, just think about it as a human being. Your hopes kind of get a little bit, oh man, it's cool, I might be an apostle. Oh, it's not me, okay. Well, I'm sure Matthias spent the rest, or excuse me, Joseph Barsabbas called Justice. Just by what I read about him, I'm sure I, he, he prayed for Matthias. The rest of his life, whoever died first, that's when that prayer prayer stopped, I'm sure. But I'm sure he was a man that that desired things for Matthias, that he was that he was excited for Matthias, that, that his brother was appointed to an office and he, he was pleased in God through the church that Matthias was appointed there. I believe there were no hard feelings, there were no and, and nothing that because any of that would have given place to the devil and would have given place to separation. I, I believe they, they submitted to one another through the Lord's church. I believe that they also submitted to God's workmen. I believe that God has put in order in his assembly how things go. That he does appoint officers. He, there are two offices, pastors and, and deacons, and he, and he appoints them. He, he places them such as pleasing in his sight in, in the assembly. And you see this assembly, yes, Peter was reading God's word, and they did depend on, on, the, on the will of God, but, but they also trusted the Lord that Peter was appointed by God because he was told to strengthen them in the book of Luke. He was told to feed them in the book of John. He declares how to give the oversight in, in, in 1 Peter 5, declaring that responsibility. You see how these people submitted to God through the assembly and the word of God and God's will, hearing the word of God preached by God's workman, a workman that was not ashamed. There's a lot of submitting in there, isn't there? Submitting. So they submitted to God, Jesus Christ, and their love for one another. In all this, you, you see a people that are committed to submitting to God and to one another to serve the Lord, trusting Him. And all this happened without any conflict. That's amazing. I think it's wonderful 
in this early church were, were, were shown a clear pattern how to solve issues in the Lord's assembly. You cut it off before it even happens. How do you do that? By trusting God, submitting to God, submitting to His Word, His will. Imagine how many disasters could have been avoided if God's people just did the same. Numbered. Who numbered them? It was the Lord's assembly, the assembly that numbered them there. Does the Spirit ever number unto divisive individualism? Let me answer for you. No. He does. The, the, the Holy Spirit does not does not does not divide away from truth. It doesn't. He, he doesn't bring conflict. Not among those that call upon His name. Now, yes, we will be separated from the world, and there, there will, there, by necessity, there, there will be conflict in our in our lives. But if we're all heading in the same direction, following after Christ, being led of the Spirit through His church, there will not be a natural place where God creates a division. It will be the flesh and men and and the impulses of sin that create the division. Being led of the Spirit, the church of the body. Does does not does not number that way either. It's a satanic thing to do that. It would have been satanic for Joseph, called Barsabbas, who was named Justice, for him to promote any type of division. Think about this: being offended and offensive. In Revelation chapter twelve, it says that Satan drew away a third of the angels. It would have been satanic for Joseph, called Barsabbas, named Justice, being offended and offensive to try to draw away and say, let's go be Jerusalem B. Right? That would have been a satanic move. He did not draw away some of the church of Jerusalem. He promoted unity by sitting there and being quiet and saying, yes, this is good and pleasing unto the Lord. We will continue for the purpose of being the witness of Jesus Christ in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost part of the earth. The cause was bigger than the man. Right? That's hard for the flesh to rationalize because, because I'm a person and you're a person. How much of a hero was Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice? I, as much as we can esteem a man, like, oh, man, I, I really like this guy. I really, I, I really like him. I, in many ways, I want to I be like him. That's what we should be thinking right now. Truly, you see how godly Joseph Barsabbas, surnamed Justice, was and how he was an unsung hero. Again, that definition... A person who achieved great things or committed acts of bravery or self-sacrifice. Self-sacrifice. Right. Yeah, not recognized or celebrated. I don't want you worshiping him. That's right. I want you to see how this whole thing is not about you. It's not about me. It's not about Joseph called Barsabbas, who is surnamed Justice. It's about Jesus Christ, him crucified, and the work of the assembly promoting the gospel of Jesus Christ. This early church, facing great contest, continued with one accord, avoiding division. Right? You turn over to chapter 2, and these, these thousands that were added, what did they do? They all continued steadfastly now. Oh, boy. It's 
getting it's getting more intense. Continue here, but continue steadfastly over there. Instead of dividing, it was building, wasn't it? That's an exciting thing when we see it. How greatly the Lord used this man as an unsung hero. How greatly this man could have brought great harm to the Lord's church and the reputation of the Lord, his people. Again, don't worship him. Admire him in the Lord. See how, see how he served the Lord and be, be more like him. There is great reward. I believe, I believe there is great reward for this man who just simply trusted the Lord as an unsung hero. And in every appearing of division, strife, and envy, I believe this early church may have looked back and said, you know what? We're not going to do that. Remember, remember what, what, what old justice did? We need to be like that. Because we do this, we're going down a hard path, and it might cause a lot of problems for generations. Now let's remember how that guy was used of the Lord just to maintain unity in the Lord and His work. We had a desire to continue with one accord in the gospel for Christ's sake in the assembly. To submit to God's word, to submit to God's will, to submit to God's work, to submit to God's workman in that order. If you if you put the workman, if you said submit to me because I'm the pastor and then everything comes after that, you know what you got? You got a cult. We don't have a cult here. No, submitting to God, His word, His will, His work. I'm to encourage you to do all that. Don't submit to self or selfish ambitions. Don't don't submit to me because of what I say or what I do. No. This is our foundation. He preached that yesterday. Be more like unto this unsung hero person who out of self-sacrifice wasn't celebrated. We shouldn't even celebrate him today. We should just greatly admire these attributes. The Lord used him. And don't you know, don't you know, there there may have been some wolves in sheep's clothing who might have been real close to Joseph called Barsabbas, called surnamed Justice. Like, man, why don't you stand up for yourself? Don't you see what they're doing to you? I don't, I don't know how you take it, man. Don't you know there were people like that in his life? Sinner, trust me. You're no hero. Everybody tries to be their own hero. Be recognized for your courage, your achievements, your qualities. Lord, Lord, didn't I do this and this and this? Promoting themselves as heroes. Don't. It says in Matthew 7, that's what people will do. You're absolutely no hero. You're absolutely in need of a rescue. And let me tell you, there is a hero. Let me tell you about the greatest hero of all. And he, he's, he's no unsung hero. He, he, he's a, the hero that the heavens declare his glory in his death, burial, and resurrection. Let me tell you. Some rank heroes. You can look, get online and see how people rank heroes. Of, you know, would Superman beat Green Lantern and all this kind of foolishness? This hero, Jesus Christ, his achievement in the gospel, he... In his death, burial, and resurrection, he makes the dead to live. That's a hero. Let me tell you about his qualities towards sinners, those that are vile, pungent, and out of the way. He exercises mercy and grace and love. 
This hero, the, think of the courage of this hero that, that he was made to be sin for us and being made sin, sin's judgment came upon him. The father sent fire into his bones. Now I get emotional when I, when I think about what those guys did in 9-11. They ran into that burning building and lost their lives, many of them. I get emotional. Oh man, these, these people, what courage they had to the rescue of others. The courage of Jesus Christ in his gospel is unmatchable. He became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Speaking of his people, those he died for, yes, the hero, the hero of the story, the hero of the ages, Jesus Christ. He's no unsung hero. He's a heralded hero, declared in every language across, across the world. Jesus Christ. Repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Not on yourself. There's a woman that had an issue. She was sick. And she went to every single physician. She spent all that she had and she was still sick. She tried everything and tried to check every box and tried to do everything she could and she was still sick. What did she do when she had nowhere else to go? She sought to save and I know the Spirit drew her. I understand how that works. I don't know if she knew how all that works. I know when the Lord saved me, I couldn't have described to you what was going on. All I knew is I was a sinner. I deserved the wrath of God. And there was one and only hope of redemption. His name is Jesus Christ, dead, buried, risen again. And I couldn't even explain that to you very well. Not, not in an intimate way. I mean, I could, I could tell you all the things, but... Through experience, I couldn't tell you. The scriptures in Hebrew says those that flee to Christ for refuge. In 9-11, there were people that were jumping out of those buildings because they couldn't stay where they were. Their refuge was jumping 300 feet to the pavement. Well, that's, that's a terrible refuge, isn't it? Isn't that a hopeless refuge? Christ is the sure refuge, the sure refuge. Safety. Repent of yourself. Turn from yourself. See the, the lowness of your degree and see the prestige of that heralded hero, Jesus Christ. Believe on him. Risking it all. Nothing held back. Not him and works. Not him and baptism. Not, not him and I've got to do this and this and this. No. Him alone. Trust him. And be saved. May the Lord bless the preaching of his word.